You're listening to The S-Rank on the Triple S Studios Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The S-Rank. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm your host, William. And today, our very special guest is none other than Allie Edwards. You might know her for singing on Devil Trigger in Devil May Cry 5. Ah, oh, honestly, such a dream guest to have her. I'm so excited. It's going to be a good we one. We have wanted to have her on the show for so long. Allie, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Oh, we're so great. Great. We're, we're, I just finished saying we're so delighted to have you. Um, we wanted to have you on the show for so long. And finally, finally, now that Bebe is here, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, able, to, we're able to have you. Um, right. The stars have aligned. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just, um, there's so much to talk about with, um, with your career, with Devil Trigger, you've sung on other video games, uh, before, um, but let's, you know, I like to, with every guest, take it back to, like, the very start. The origin story. <laughs> the origin story, <laughs> yes. Um, so, with that, when did you realize, I guess, that you, uh, had, like, a musical talent or, like, a want to do music? Uh... I feel like it was always kind of a part of my life. Um, I come from a very musical family. Um, my mom was always singing around the house. My dad was always playing guitar. And I have a brother and a sister, and all of us sing and play an instrument. So it's like, I don't know, I feel like it was always there. Um, I was always interested in music, but I have also severe performance anxiety. So I wasn't ever sure like what I would do with it. Um so yeah, I guess it's it's kind of perfect that I, I work on video games because I'm heard but not seen. People get to experience my music without necessarily experiencing me. So <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. I mean, like when I watched your performance at the Game Awards, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I was so blown away. I was just like, she is absolutely crushing it. Oh, <laughs> um, thanks. <laughs> We will, uh, we will for sure get into that later. Um, but yeah, you mentioned your, um, you got into uh, video game tracks. So, um, what was your sort of path to doing that? And um, in general, would you consider that your passion? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm passionate about many things, any any form of artistic expression. But my my introduction to the world of uh, video game music. Uh, started just because, you know, Casey and I got married in t- 2012 and I would always like as as a composer, I would always, you know, just kind of assist him with vocals whenever he needed it for his own projects. And uh, he was following Mick Gordon on Twitter, who was working on Killer Instinct at the time. And Mick, uh, he really puts a lot of trust and respect in the community and the people who follow him. And he kind of just reached out randomly on Twitter to ask for vocal reels um, for anyone who wanted to, you know, perform for, uh, it was at the time, I didn't know, but at the time it was uh, Orchid's theme for Killer Instinct. And so he was just putting his feelers out there. It was like, hey, you know, I, I need a vocalist for this next character, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and send me your vocal reels. And so Casey was like, you should do it. You should send it. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And I never in a million years thought he would like even really hear it. I don't know why. I guess there was just like that separation there. Um, and then next thing I know, he reached out and was like, hey, like, how would you want to pitch for this character? He was like, I need, you know, lyrics written because it's a female character. And, you know, I, I really want this track to be one that women can, 
you know, identify with. And I want people to be able to pick up this female character and be able to play her and feel comfortable with it. So right away, I was super comfortable working with them. And yeah, I, I pitched for it. And 24 hours later, history was made, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a great first job, hey? Like, oh my God. For Lucky. video game tracks, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, not only was it an amazing video game that I had the opportunity to work on, but also like one of the greatest composers of all time, if we're we're being honest. Mick is an absolute beast. I was very, very fortunate that that was my my first experience in video games. I'm I'm very lucky and I'll I'll say so till the day I die. (laughs) If if I had Mick Gordon reaching out to me, I'd be dropping absolutely everything. (laughs) Right? Right? Absolutely. Well, there you go. Now you got one degree of separation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, okay. So you you did Killer Instinct. You've also also done Doom Eternal. Yes. Um, Would you like to elaborate a bit on the Doom Eternal experience? Sure. Um, Interestingly enough, it did start with Doom before Doom Eternal. Uh, My vocals are on the soundtrack, not in the video game. Um, but it was, it was the same vocal takes, uh, essentially, uh, Mick was looking for some sort of more human element because there's all these synths and these, you know, it's, it's all dark and gritty. And he was like, I need something human to like bring in like that, that emotion. And, uh, I think I recorded some stuff and sent it to him like the same night because he lives in Australia. So I wanted him to, you know, wake up to, what he needed to be able to uh, stay on schedule. And it didn't end up making it into the video game because I think there was I think there was a note, if I remember correctly, from one of the developers. They thought it sounded erotic. <laughs> 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 to me, it didn't sound that way because I was doing like creepy, like five-year-old girl vocals in my head. But <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so it made it onto the soundtrack version, just not in the video game. But then for Doom Eternal, he brought it back around. He was like, oh, it's happening this time. <laughs> <laughs> so then I made it into the game. Yay! Yay! Congrats! <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, so obviously, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to the elephant in the room, the devil trigger, yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was watching your uh, QA sesh that you did with uh, your husband Casey uh, a while mm. back on Instagram, and I saw that uh, Capcom approached you for that, you guys. Um, so, how much information did they give you um, about Nero? Because you know you're doing the mm. protagonist's theme there. Yeah, uh, not too much. Um, what what we knew about Nero was kind of what we had already known from previous games, um, and so we were kind of going off of that. We didn't know what the story was going to be. We didn't know what his character arc was going to be. Otherwise we would not have written the track that we did because there's a giant spoiler in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was mostly just going off of previous knowledge of the character. And then, you know, they, they kind of just told us generally uh, what kind of feel they wanted for the track, which they definitely kind of wanted a mix of genres. They wanted like rock and pop and EDM and, that's how Devil Trigger came to be. I don't think it could exist outside of that video game. It, it never would have existed outside of that, nor would it have probably been accepted. <laughs> but yeah, I think they they told us, you know, you should be cocky and like, you know, have a lot of attitude. And so we just wanted the track to sound like that. 
Oh, that's that's so awesome. I mean, the devil trigger is 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 obviously an an in-game mechanic. Did they did they give you the title for the song and told you to call it Devil Trigger or Nope. Oh, that was all wow. Casey. Absolutely. That was all Casey. That's why I'm saying like we never would have written that <laughs> had we known where Nero's character arc was going yeah. because it kind of ruins everything. Oh. It was kind of for us it was really tongue in cheek and and kind of, you know, like a joke. That's <laughs> but so then, crazy. then it actually <laughs> happened and we were like, did we just Yeah. Oh my god. Tell the future. <laughs> like <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like this song never would have existed had we known. Um so Casey was like, I mean he was just having fun with it. He was uh-huh. like, I uh I need you to sing this line for me. Bang, 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 pull my devil trigger. And I think we had, you know, a good laugh about it. And But, it, I mean, it sounded great. So we're like, let's go for it and see what they say. I'm surprised to this day after, you know, having seen how things went with this character, I'm surprised they accepted that. I, I thought they would have... I thought they would have said, uh, you can't do that. It's yeah. <laughs> kind of spoiling... Everything we have going on. (laughs) Well, I mean, okay. Well, uh, my experience with your song, let me tell you, working at a GameStop during the release of (laughs) Devil May Cry 5, I'll tell you, I was hearing that every five minutes and I was Oh, you poor thing. (laughs) (laughs) Every five minutes, we had the TV going on in the background. The Devil May Cry 5 ad would come on and I would just play it. And I was just... It, it got me so hype. Like, literally, I would wear I would wear myself down because it would be a horrible day and then hear the song on the TV and it would be just like, okay, I'm, I got the energy. I'm ready to go back to work. Let's, let's do it. Well, I'm glad you had the experience with it. <laughs> you could have gone the other um, way so easily. <laughs> I mean, you've influenced two of my workplaces because by the time I had left GameStop, I went and worked at a record store and then I started mm. listening to your single, Appetite. Um, yeah, and that that was around uh, spooky season as well. Mm. Um, so do you want to tell us a bit about uh, that song and how that came about? Yeah, sure. Um, I think something people probably don't know about us. First of all, Casey and I are generally very private people. We don't really exist so, so heavily on social media or anything like that. But uh, when we first met each other, we had both just come out of really, really awful toxic, abusive relationships and kind of bonded over that. We became like instant best friends. And I just felt like writing a song about that. And it was very therapeutic. Uh, So yeah, it's about um, recognizing abusive situations and toxic traits in relationships and kind of calling out that behavior and saying, you know, enough is enough. Um, Most people, when they hear that song, they'll probably think of it in a sexual way. (laughs) I think most people tend to just, you know, kind of surface level assume that that's what the song is about. Um, it's actually about something like so much deeper for for both of us, but we still wanted to have fun with it. And the production of the song leans more heavily towards almost like it's a secret. You know, abuse happens behind the scenes. It doesn't happen in the forefront for everyone to see. And so the entirety of the track kind of lent itself towards everything's hush hush everything happens behind closed doors the vocals are almost a whisper you know almost like you're you're telling secrets and uh we we weren't sure how people were going to accept it if people were going to be expecting like devil trigger 2.0 or or whatever but it it kind of found its way onto 
a Spotify playlist and then kind of started blowing up, uh, which we didn't expect, but we're very thankful for. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, thank you for uh, sharing that with us. I don't think mm. I have... I, I've looked. I've researched you quite a bit, and I don't think I've found the true meaning behind appetite before this. Yeah, so. I don't think we discussed it before. I think this is probably it. Ooh, exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you were mentioning how, how people interpret the song at a at a surface level. Um, I remember when the song came out, people were drawing comparisons to uh, Billie Eilish's music. Mm. Um, any thoughts? <laughs> any thoughts about um, that? <laughs> I can see why. I can definitely see why. I mean, it wasn't... I think there's one line that's similar in the very first verse, so I can understand that. But, I mean, industrial pop and, and darker pop has existed for, you know, much, much longer than Billie Eilish. I have great respect for her, and so does Casey. Uh, but our our biggest inspiration, I would say, behind that song was probably more along the lines of Sophie. Rest in peace. May May her heart rest um she was a fantastic producer and was doing something incredibly new at the time so i would say if if anything our our inspirations more were okay if we if lady gaga and annie lennox and marilyn manson and muse and Sophie all got together and had like a weird industrial pop baby. What would that sound like? And I think that just ended up being very similar to what Billie Eilish was doing at the time. And also, you know, the the vocal approach, I could see where people could draw the parallels to. So I won't say that it, it wasn't like, I'll say it wasn't on purpose, the parallels that were drawn, but I can absolutely see why those parallels were drawn and I'm not upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's totally fair. I mean, she's I mean, she's absolutely amazing and very talented and especially for someone so young. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm not angry at those comparisons. <laughs> so after Appetite, you had um another uh collaboration, I believe, with Casey. You, it's called I Need You Like. Um <laughs> so it was also like another 360 from uh Appetite and also from Devil Trigger. Um, but I, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed all of them. Um, but what was, what was the process behind uh, that one? Uh, I would say we had just probably heard uh, an earworm that had stuck in our head and we just couldn't get it out. It was actually a bad liar, Selena Gomez. Okay. And that minimalist pop approach Casey was like, man, I'd love to just write some minimal pop. And he was like, I just, I have to do it. And Casey and I sometimes, you know, we just, we have an idea and we latch on to it <laughs> and we don't like writing, you know, the same genre of music, the same style of music, you know, whatever we feel like doing in the moment, that's what we do. And uh, so that's why a lot of our tracks seem to feel like they're all over the place. It's just because that's what we felt like writing at the time. And so I think he had a baseline was that simple baseline that kind of continues throughout the entirety of the track. And he was like, be thinking on that if you have like any ideas and we were going for a walk around the neighborhood because we would try to get, you know, out of the house and just kind of free our minds a little bit. And I was like, you know, what would be what I hear when I hear that baseline? Like, it would be cool if, you know, it's I need you, but then you list all the things that you don't need. So it's like a slide <laughs> against the person. Like, I need you like grounds in my morning cup. No one wants grounds in their coffee. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, that would that would be cool if we could pursue that. And then next thing we knew, we we had a track. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it's a great listen. And yeah, for anyone listening to our podcast, uh, Allie and Casey collaborated on Appetite, I Need You Like, as well as Devil Trigger. So go give them streams. Go listen. <laughs> go listen. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you had with all these collaborations with Casey, what would you think uh, remains a constant in your in your collaboration process? Mm, a constant. I don't know. We know each other very well. And I feel like a lot of our musical tastes align. Um, but one of one of our rules when someone, uh, you know, has an idea for a track, whoever brings the seed of that idea, that person kind of gets final say. <laughs> like if we were to disagree on anything, it's like, oh, well, I came up with the baseline, which started the whole idea. Or, you know, I came up with the concept or the lyrics or whatever. So we are disagreeing on this one thing. I'm I'm laying down the law. It's this is how it's going to be, um, but most of the time we see pretty close to eye to eye on on everything that we do. There's a lot of respect there as individuals, as husband and wife, and as musicians. Uh, so I would say that would probably be the the tying thread, so to speak. Uh, just that there's a level of respect that we bring forward with every project we understand there's a person on the other side of those ideas and those ideas are valid and should be considered at least oh that is that's like that's so inspirational honestly (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's just like yeah i feel like i really lucked out with this guy in terms of collaborating for like the whole podcast but um Yeah, so. I lucked out with you. I don't know. I don't know how he keeps doing it. <laughs> He's the only reason that I mean, any of our guests are here, really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I try. I try. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at snooping out everyone and getting getting them onto the show. Uh, we were just doing an interview yesterday, and I was just sitting there. I, was like, I still don't get it. I don't know how you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Giving credit where credit is due. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Um, so I, I'm, I'm just going to ask her one more question, then yeah, I'll give it to you. Go, then you crazy. can go ahead, go I promise. Uh, so uh, you mentioned your, your songwriting process, you're your making making the lyrics. With uh, Devil Trigger, um, what are some of the favorite lyrics that um, you and Casey brought onto the track that you wrote? Uh, well, I think the title lyric, Bang, 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 <laughs> Devil Trigger, kind of takes the cake. Because, I mean, where else could you create something like that, something so tongue-in-cheek. You know, where else could that exist? I mean, that is the line of the song, if we're being honest. Um, Yeah, I'd say that one takes the cake. (laughs) Everything else pales in comparison. That's that's fair enough. Um, And then uh, with your other songs, do you have any any personal favorites across, like, anything else that you've ever done? Mm, Maybe The Bridge of Appetite. Uh, you do what you want to do. You chew me up and spit me out. I'll be poison on your tongue and I'll be poison in your mouth. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very catchy. I mean, yeah, that's that's the section of the song where where you kind of acknowledge that something's not right and you've kind of had enough. It's time to move on. Wow. Um, so moving on to video games in general, do you play much for video games? Do you have like a, a favorite oh, yeah. in particular? Yeah, you knew about Nero before, oh. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my first real loves were the first Fables game and Oblivion, Elder Scrolls. I still go back and play those games often, like at least every every other year or so, just to like relive my childhood. That was huge for me. 
Also Mario, Donkey Kong. <laughs> to this day, I still remember, I would say a good like 90% of the secrets in Donkey Kong. Um, but yeah, I, I love FromSoft. So of course, you know, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3 really stick out. I think Bloodborne has probably been like my favorite gaming experience yeah, it's just... It's crazy. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> and it's insane. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, fantastic. Um, God, there are so many games out there. <laughs> yep. Skyrim, of course. Well, have you have you had a chance to play Devil May Cry 5? Uh, I haven't had a chance to play it, but we do have it. Casey was playing it while I was working, and I was kind of watching the whole time while I was working because <laughs> I was kind of working on my own projects at the time. Um, but I got to see absolutely everything in game. And so that was what mattered to me. Um, I will be playing it as soon as, you know, baby doesn't get in the way. (laughs) There has to be like, you know, this, this moment of, of breath between, uh, projects and baby. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, great game to, for baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's I, I would if I was a parent I would definitely yeah double my credit card you're getting right into it get to top combo come on you gotta get to the max combo yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um and. I, I don't remember if you mentioned it, but you did know about uh, Devil May Cry before working on it, right? Yes. Uh, did you play some of the earlier games? So I had um, a group of male cousins, and we would all kind of play video games together. I, I would, I'll say this. I was very financially aware growing up, so we didn't have a lot of consoles, a lot of games, um, but between all of us, we would have a console and our own games and we would we would exchange, we would share, we would get together and play together. So Devil May Cry was definitely a part of that process. Uh, that was how I got to play the first Fables game and absolutely fell in love. But yeah, it was uh, it was a fun childhood. You, you get together with your your cousins and your friends and you just kind of share in the process because I mean, who back then could afford every console, every game that they wanted to play? There's no way. <laughs> Yeah, especially absolutely. as kids and yeah. parents who probably don't understand the appeal at the time. But now video games is, you know, it's so huge. I think everyone plays video games these days, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember uh, having to choose pretty early, like, oh, do I want PlayStation or Xbox? I ended up going Xbox right? for, for Fable because <laughs> yes. it, it just looks so good and it was amazing. I haven't played that in a while. Mm. Thank you for reminding me. I'm going to go home mm. and download it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was the time where everyone had to be like, are you PlayStation or are you Xbox? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, like, you were lucky if you had both, but you probably had to the choose peak one. of the console wars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, everyone. It's William, the guy who finally has a GPU that can run the hit game Pong. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. It was a riot to record. If you haven't already, you should go and follow us on Twitter at the S Rank Podcast so we can keep you updated on episodes and other plans that we may have. You should also go check out our YouTube channel, Triple S Studios, to see short sneak peeks of our episodes bi-weekly on Thursdays, the day before our episode airs. This week, I wanted to ask if any of you have been enjoying Elden Ring. I haven't had the chance to play it myself, but I've been watching a friend play it, and uh, I've become a little lore-obsessed. That's nothing new, though. Anyways, I'll let you get back to the episode. (laughs) 
I want to uh, know a bit about the Devil Trigger music video, which is <laughs> also very cool. Oh my goodness, with all the with all the paint and the aesthetics, and oh, it's just <laughs> so great. I also really liked. Um, we had the opportunity to talk to Rachel Fannin about the Crimson mm. Cloud music video as well. Um, and she said that she didn't have that much uh, creative input on it. She was just showed up to set and it was sort of there for her. I would like to know about your experience. <laughs> um, what, oh. what was it like? Did you did you get to uh, make much for it? Oh, everything. Awesome. <laughs> I feel like every decision was made on our end. But we might have also, I mean, who knows? Maybe I think we were at the process, the point of the process where the music video came out maybe before Crimson Cloud. So who knows? Maybe Capcom was like, that was a mistake. Let's let's decide <laughs> everything for them. Who knows? No, um, no that could but, not have been it. Yeah, we got together with our friend uh, Jan, uh, who was the DP. And we all kind of just sat together and were like, hey, what do we, what do we want to do with this music video? Like, we have this budget. Let's do something with it. And we ended up running a warehouse uh, for a day where like all those big open shots in the warehouse that's in all the different rooms that's uh that's where that footage came from but then some of it was also uh guerrilla style <laughs> we literally just went out into the streets filming went underground beneath a golf course that's where the tunnel shot was uh shot and all of the like neon like glow in the dark stuff that was actually in our garage we just painted it black and it's a super tiny garage. And honestly, that was our last day of shooting. And I think that was our favorite. We looked back at the footage. We're like, that looks so cool. Like, we could have just done an entire music video of that. And we could have saved all that money that we spent <laughs> on the warehouse. And could have kept that for ourselves. What were we thinking? Um, but yeah, it was super fun. Um, I was getting pelted with neon dust for that day of shooting and I think I was I was sneezing out neon dust for like days afterwards don't want to know what that did to my body and my my lifespan but it's fine it's fine you got it was fun yeah exactly no yeah the music video is awesome and uh obviously for Devil Trigger you partnered up with uh Cliff Lorette um Funny story about him. When I was showing my brother the performance of you guys at the Game Awards, um, he was just like, "Wait, wait, that's 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 Cliff," and he just like doesn't know like anything about Devil May Cry or anything or like the entire process. And I'm just like, "How? how where do you know him from?" He's just Did like, "You know yeah, him he's, from he's, Node he's from or, or where?" Yeah, okay. And I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> like, so yeah, that's the that's the only connection that me and my brother have in terms of this video game stuff. <laughs> So, nice. um, how, um, uh, when did you guys get, uh, Cliff involved in the, uh, in the song? Um, he has a, um, yeah, a verse in the beginning. Yeah, it was pretty early on, um, uh, because Cliff was actually our roommate at the time. Um, oh. so we were all living together and, uh, there was definitely an assumption early on that Cliff and I would just be like demoing the track, helping Casey. And then if they, you know, if Capcom liked the track as is, they would just keep it as is. They didn't have to find other vocalists. And I mean, usually that's how it goes. People hear a track one way and then they fall in love with it that way. So we knew there was a strong possibility that we we would stay on the track, especially because 
they approach Casey not knowing that he was married to me, and then the reference track that they gave him was Touch Me and I'll Break Your Face, which was Orchid's theme from Killer Instinct. So they had no idea who was married to me. They were like, we're, this is kind of the vibe we're going for. He was like, well, you know I'm married to her, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I had that going for me at least. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, so Cliff and I were kind of just there throughout the process. Um <laughs> kind of helping Casey, like, as he was writing, we were recording. Wow. Um, but that's crazy. That's so right? serendipitous. Like, yeah. That just lined up like that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine how Casey must have felt just being like, oh, that's easy. This, this, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is Allie. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> cool. That's, uh, that's so I think it was like, hey, more work for us. Like, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, so I think I saw a tweet that you posted that um, you said that you made part of your costume for the music video mm. as well. But do you do you like is that like one of your hobbies? Do you oh, like- I, I make everything. <laughs> I, so cool. I like to do everything. Um, I like writing short stories and novels and I, I like, you know, writing music and I like crafting and I'm a visual artist and character designer. I just, I like to just create something out of nothing. Um, and you know, we, we weren't really sure what to do with the music video. We're like, Oh, let's just create something. Uh, so one of the costumes I created, the rest was Trista, who is also our hair and makeup, uh, for the, the second two days of shooting at the warehouse and then in the garage for the, the neon dust. Um, so the first day of shooting, that was when we were underground in the tunnel, uh, underneath the golf course. That was definitely illegal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, for that day of shooting, we didn't have Trista. It was just a a small group. It was just Jan and me and Casey and Cliff. And that was it. And we went underground. And so for, uh, that costume, it was the, the feather shoulder caps and the harness, uh, the garters, the skirts. And then I just bought a corset and we were like, that looks like the vibe. Yeah, <laughs> it did. It and worked then, out really yeah, well. everything else was Trista. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so yeah, you mentioned that you just like you 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 do have all sorts of uh, creative projects going on. Um, I know when we were conversing on email, you said that you just wrapped up uh, a big one. Are you allowed to tell us anything about it yet? I'll say this past year, I was working as a character designer for a CG feature film. That's really exciting. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my day job, by the way, working as a character designer, prop designer. It's really fun. Obviously, I can't say what the project is yet, but I can't wait until it comes out and I can tell everyone to go see it. Awesome. <laughs> oh, so sick. I'm already so excited. Cool. I don't know what it is at all, and I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to you, uh, starting to work with Capcom. What was it like meeting the Capcom creative team? Oh, it was great. Everyone was so welcoming and so wonderful. Um, it was great how we were uh, communicating behind the glass in the studio. Anytime they threw their hands up or did this with their, like, I knew like, oh, that's a good take. They like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I mean, we were just, uh, it was, there was there was the one day of recording where we we recorded Devil Trigger, Silver Bullet, and Legacy in the same day. And then we also had a mixing session. So those were like two full days of hanging with the Capcom team. And they were all amazing and and sweet. And I mean, I felt like we were just laughing the entire time. (laughs) It was was really fun, actually. 
So with those songs that you mentioned, they're all kind of different. Um, they're all kind of different renditions of Devil Trigger. Which was which is your favorite incarnation or the favorite that you worked on uh, for mm, for them? Probably Legacy because it was so tender. Um, it was just like so different, and it's also like you know the theme for Nero's big moment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I would say that one. Um so I think we had already kind of demoed the tracks for uh Devil Trigger and Silver Bullet and then Capcom approached me they were like, "Hey, so, you know, Coda, who's the in-game composer at uh Capcom, they're like he has this track for Nero and and you know, we we need English lyrics, like could you write some lyrics?" And I was like, "Absolutely." And I think, again, it was like an assumption of like, I might be the vocalist for it, but also maybe not. They might find someone completely different. They just needed me for lyrics. Um, but then, you know, the the day of recording was coming up and uh, they were like, you know, what, let's just let's just use you. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm sure Coda probably was the deciding factor there as far as like whether or not he wanted to work with me on that one. Um, and in his mind, he was probably thinking, oh, well, she's already kind of voicing Nero's theme. Let's just keep it consistent. And, uh, maybe also because I, I'm sure they knew that at least there was a level of musicality kind of behind the lyrics that I was writing. So they probably knew that I knew how I would perform it if it were me. So yeah, maybe just for consistency, but I, I just liked how tender it was and and those soaring strings just sound so good coda did such a good job <laughs> yeah it was uh, yeah that track is that track is so lovely honestly um i you know i i'm always i'm always uh playing uh devil trigger to hype myself up but like yeah <laughs> yeah legacy legacy is really great uh, how have your interactions been with fans post dmc5 overwhelmingly positive i would say um Thankfully, I think a lot of people knew what we were going for, that we were going for that kind of tongue-in-cheek level of fun that is DMC. Um, I think if anyone took it too seriously, they probably would not (laughs) enjoy what we did. Um, And there are, you know, plenty of people who will not ever like Devil Trigger, and that's totally fine. I can understand why, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) unanimously for the most part. Thankfully, for the most part, everything's been overwhelmingly positive, and um, yeah, it's it's great to to know that we please the fans because that's that's always what you want at the end of the day. You you want to do justice to an entire fandom and uh, video game history. Well, um, you definitely left your mark on video game history. Well, we'll <laughs> tell you that, especially. At the frickin' Game Awards. Oh my goodness, that performance was so cool. I wish I could have been there. Like, I, I, I think I've watched it like a hundred times over. That was just, I'm just such a frickin' Devil May Cry nerd in general. Um, so I want to know, what was getting that call like? Oh, it was interesting. Um, I think, did we get the call from Jeff? Or was it from Capcom? I don't remember if it was Jeff Keeley directly. I know he reached out saying like, hey, you know, who do you want to perform at the video games? And of course, all the fans like went to yep. work. <laughs> <laughs> they were soldiers. They were on. Uh, they were foot soldiers like with a mission, you know. Um, and so I think maybe Capcom reached out to us from there and was like, hey, so would you guys want to perform at the Game Awards? We're like, oh, yeah, that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Why not? But also, you know, me being someone who 
has severe performance anxiety and does not like being up in front of people or being the center of attention, was panicking a little bit, like, you know, deep in the recesses of my mind. Um, but, you know, we we had our, our brothers up on stage with us and they're amazing, amazing people. And at the end of the day, you just don't want to let them down. You don't want to let the fans down. So you just find a way to carry on. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. A little terrifying. I had to give myself permission to just kind of let loose and, and enjoy it and, you know, try not to take the process too seriously and just have fun with my brothers on stage while I had the opportunity to. And uh, poor Cliff, he woke up sick that morning. So yeah, he was really, really fighting it. Uh, I think the day before he woke up without a voice, like did not have a voice, was not sure what he was going to do. Um, so he was panicking for like a good like 48 hours. Okay, yeah, like, okay, it, it's, that makes sense now. Because mm. after he does his part, he kind of just like, <laughs> he kind of dips <laughs> from the stage. I noticed that and I was like, okay. <laughs> well, also we were like, so how are we going to do this part? Like you're only in the intro, like... I guess you'll just have to hop off stage. But then we didn't expect like, the camera to follow him. As he I think he flashes a peace sign and we he, goes, so he goes out. That's so iconic. funny. That's so iconic. He was like, peace, yeah, I'm exactly. out. Oh, my God. But yeah, also, yeah, he was very, very sick. And he was like, if I can just hold it together for the scream, that's all so that matters. Good. Like, I'll save my voice up until the scream. And then if I don't have a voice after that. We're good. So, yeah, poor, poor man. He really <laughs> gave it his all. I, I do not envy him. But, uh, yeah, there was that. <laughs> um, so this is a really specific question out of morbid curiosity. Um, mm. What is the green room at the Game Awards like? <laughs> I mean, it's just a typical green room, I guess. I mean, did you see, like, the behind the scenes on YouTube yes, that they put I, out, I yep. think? Yeah, I, I, go, I go into all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just chilling back there. Um, I think there was a combination of us waiting there in the green room or waiting in a trailer. Yeah, it was, I mean, we kind of just hung out. We didn't really, <laughs> I feel like we we were just kind of having fun up until it was time to go on stage. And then like, okay, it's game time. Like now we got to get serious. <laughs> and then it was like back to just having fun and goofing around because you kind of just become like your own little family. Yeah, we didn't really soak up much of the experience before that. We were just having a good time and, and goofing around. Funny story, they actually didn't call us when they were supposed to. I think they were running behind schedule. Oh, no. We were in the trailer and they didn't call us and we were like, pretty sure we're supposed to like go on like maybe next. So maybe we should just go in there anyway. <laughs> oh my God. So uh, yeah, that was an interesting day of an event. <laughs> uh, Casey was literally putting out fires like, up to the minute of us walking on stage the I do not envy him I mean there was for a dress rehearsal we were missing a bass guitar I mean like just everything under the sun that could go wrong was kind of going wrong <laughs> but somehow it all came together at the last minute so yeah that, that tends to be how it is with just like creative projects in general yeah um, well um, and a live show of that magnitude right there's uh -huh. so many different acts that you have to cater to and take in, into consideration. So yeah, I, I do not envy anyone having to put together a show of that magnitude. It's crazy. <laughs> Strange. That, that seems to be a, a sentiment that we've kind of gotten from a couple people on, on the podcast mm. is that everything is going wrong until you're doing it. 
Yes. And then it's it's just everyone, everything is clicked. You're right there in it and it's fine. You leave and you're like, how did that work? (laughs) Yeah. There were, there were moments uh, where I was about to go on stage and I was like, oh my God, if this, if this goes how it's been going like the last two days, who knows what's going to happen? Cause it was just constant. There was always something that we had to, you know, address. It was, it was fun. (laughs) And even on stage, like it, it definitely wasn't, Perfect. Uh, Cliff and I couldn't hear each other or ourselves in our in-ear monitors. We were just hanging on with by a prayer, <laughs> essentially hoping that we were doing a good job and having no no way of knowing for sure if we were or not. I could not hear myself. I was just hoping, like I, I better be doing good. And I, I to this day, so I can't go back and and rewatch performances of myself. It's like I understand where Adam Driver comes from when he's like he cannot watch his performance in movies because there's just like. A separation there. It's two in his head. Um, I completely understand that. So I don't go back and watch performances, but I know for a fact the very last note of the entire performance, I think it was out, no way out. Pretty sure that was flat. <laughs> and it's like something that eats away at my brain. I know it exists, but I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember mistakes I made in jazz band in high school. So oh, I my goodness. Imagine, <laughs> I cannot imagine being, like, the only one who noticed an issue like that and just being like, yep, that's there forever. No one knows, but <laughs> yeah. that's there forever. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there are people who've, who've recognized it, yeah. but... Uh... Thankfully, everyone's been very wonderful about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone would mind. That performance was amazing. <laughs> Thank Absolutely you. Absolutely amazing. Um, so... If if you don't uh, particularly enjoy watching your own performances, mm-hmm. have you listened to any covers of Devil Trigger? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I listen to all of them. I mean, anytime I, I see one, I'm, I'm going to give it a watch. Um, it's amazing, honestly, seeing people cover your work. And it's kind of, I mean, it's been like this ongoing process since 2013, which is amazing. Um that people would have so much respect for for what you do and and would want to put their own stamp on it. Um, the covers that I, I really enjoy are the ones where people kind of make it their own. You know, they they take a track and then they they change it up and they they put their own stamp on it and and kind of find a way to change it up and do something different and unexpected. And that's that's when I really really enjoy the process because it's like. You can hear, you know, someone else singing it or someone else, you know, playing the guitar, someone else, you know, playing a solo. And, and that's all great. And it's fantastic that people have that much respect to even even attempt it and and perform it as it was written. Uh, a lot of people just have that respect ingrained into them, which is really touching. But it's also like just something else when someone takes it and makes it their own. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any uh, performances in mind that you'd like to shout out? Oh, God. I mean, there are so many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Little V Mills has been, like, covering everything under the sun from the beginning. I mean, like, back back when it came to Touch Me and I'll Break Your Face, like, back in 2013. I mean, he's literally been, like, every step along the process. Anytime I, I do something video game related, <laughs> I expect for him to, to do a cover because I know it's out there. He's your shadow. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. Uh, there was someone who did a cover of Bury the Light just recently, and it was good. <laughs> it was real good. That, that was one of the ones where they took it and, like, made it their own. I can't remember 
who it was. I just, I only saw it once, but I've, I've been meaning to go back and watch that one. Oh, I hate that I can't give them a shout out. <laughs> but Casey would know. <laughs> Maybe I'll tweet about it later or something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Try to give someone good. some credit. Um, yeah, but I'd like to know um, about Bury the Light because that came out in September. And then mm. your post about expecting a bebe came out in December, I think. <laughs> So were you just like listening to that around the house all the time? Oh, yeah, oh my absolutely. <laughs> um, Casey very rarely works with headphones on. So I'm hearing like everything that's going on in the studio. Um, and he's always, you know, asking for my opinion on things. I think he second guesses himself a lot like any artist does. You know, you're always wondering, especially when it comes to video games with such a history as, as DMC. Like there's a real fandom that exists and you, you always want to please the fans. And I remember there was this, not a moment, it was, if it was a moment, it was a very long moment. It was basically the entire songwriting process where it was like, oh, what if people just expect Devil Trigger 2.0? Like, it's it's not going to be that. And I was like, just write the song that you know Virgil deserves. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to love it. And I, I was already hearing, even in its early stages, I was like, everything you're doing you're making all the right decisions. Like, just keep going at it and trust that, like, the fans are going to love it. <laughs> like, I can hear it and I love it. <laughs> I think he tried out, like, several different choruses. And, you know, as as it always is, you end up going with the first one that you wrote. But there's this level of, uh, it's like this moment of second guessing yourself in the back of your head where it's like, oh, if I went with the first one that I wrote, did I really do my job? And it's like, well, yeah, because you're following your instincts. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have to say, I'm not going to choose uh, my my favorite between those two, but I I, <laughs> I enjoy them both. Uh, I think it was I think it was a really big surprise uh, for Devil May Cry fans to get you know another um, addition to the game because that was for the, the mm-hmm. for the special edition. So yeah, um, personally, like. I knew I knew that uh, PS5 was out of the out of the question <laughs> for me, um, and I was going to stick to my original Devil May Cry. But I was very excited to hear that Casey was going to do something again for the game. So that was um, that. I think put a bit of energy back into the Devil May Cry community, and um, <laughs> we're always excited uh, to hear um, what comes next. And um, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say it was a surprise for us, too, because Capcom likes to hire like different people for different tracks. So they get, you know, a wide variety of genres and styles and perspectives. So it was a surprise for us, too, when they came back to Casey and was like, hey, you want to write another track? So, yeah, big surprise. I really love how much the uh, DMC community will like... Devil May Cry is very known for its tracks. Like everyone loves the soundtrack. I love how much they're they'll have an artist join the fray of their soundtracks and like, oh, that's my new favorite. That's my new favorite. And they yeah. just latch onto them. They start listening to all their stuff. Oh. Yeah. It, it's great great to see whenever they get an addition, like you said, it really puts some energy back into them, but mm-hmm. they, they just keep going with they're like this uh like gotta get it. Each character's uh, gotta have their own yeah. theme. Everyone has to have yeah. their own theme. Yeah. Everyone will jam to whoever their favorite character's theme is, just because that's the way the community oh is. Oh my god, something I have in common <laughs> with uh Casey is that he really likes uh the Nico's van theme. Oh, the yeah. the one that plays mm. in the van. I, I absolutely yeah. love that. I was playing that when I was working at the record store too. Um <laughs> but I I want to ask you if you had a chance 
to work on any of the other Devil May Cry 5 tracks, so that being Subhuman or Crimson Cloud, which one would you have liked to sing? Oh, well, I would never want to insert myself into the track because that would mean taking someone else out of it. And I I love what they created so much. <laughs> yes, um, with utmost respect. Honestly, <laughs> right. I have, I have so much respect and admiration for Rachel and what she did for Crimson Cloud. Like, I'm like, oh man, I would have loved to do something like that. But also then it would be a completely different track. It, it wouldn't be what it is. So it's like there's... There's this level of respect where it's like, oh, I wouldn't wish myself onto that because then it wouldn't exist. It wouldn't be what it is. But it it would be Crimson Cloud. <laughs> I just I love what she did so much. It's so amazing. But yeah, I have a lot of respect for Cody too. He's a, a good friend of ours and we have a lot of respect for him. And I know he had uh, a difficult time with everything. So uh, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> everyone's everyone's rocking it and doing doing way more than what was expected of them. I think everyone really, really brought themselves and, and their own sensibilities to the table when creating their own little piece of the pie of DMC. Absolutely. Well, um, obviously you and and Casey are to thank for a large part um, of you know the success of Devil May Cry 5. And I, I'm in no way allowed to speak on the behalf of the Devil May Cry community, <laughs> but um, I would like to thank you so much uh, just for spending your time with us today, answering our our crazy nerdy questions, <laughs> and um, yeah, for for contributing to the song. It really it really means so much to us. Um, before we let uh-huh. you go, um, I just want to ask you, what is your dream video game to work on? Mm. I probably have to go to my my first loves and then my my other amazing love. It would be yeah, the Fables. First Fables game that oh, I'm a huge Danny Elfman fan and then the score as a whole is just ah, oh, it's all amazing. Uh Danny Elfman did the main theme for the uh the first Fables game. Um of course, you know, Elder Scrolls amazing score. Uh and then, yeah, anything from soft, anything Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Oh, I had a great time on uh, Doom because I finally got to do something weird and creepy. And I, I love horror games and horror music. <laughs> so it was it was cool to finally get to do something like that. So anything like Bloodborne-like would be really cool. <laughs> doing, doing vocals for something like Bloodborne, I feel, would probably be one of the coolest things ever. Because they do right? some really interesting things with vocals and they're like operatics yes. and everything in there. Oh, that'd be really yes. cool. <laughs> it wouldn't it? Like, oh God, it'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. To work with FromSoft. Oh, I know this isn't on our sheet, but I'm super curious. What do you no, think it's of fine. Go ahead. Ring? I mean, God, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see any of the network tests? No, I haven't. I, I tend to stay away from any any like early looks at like I, Casey and I are the same even when it comes to like movies like we don't watch trailers we go in blind for everything and that's how I am with video games that's how I am with you know books that's how I am with um with movies tv shows like we try to avoid spoilers or any kind of you know outside information at all costs it's like my first experience I want to be the experience when <laughs> I want to receive that information as intended just for 
for the art of it. Totally fair. Well, get back <laughs> so to So I've us. stayed away from it, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, let us know how you like it after you've had a chance to play it. Oh, absolutely. I, I have high expectations. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> me too. I mean, you can jump now. <laughs> how amazing. We've been right. asking for that for forever since the dawn of time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Well, again, Ali, thank you so much. I'm going to ask you one last thing. What project do you think has been the highlight of, of your career, mm. personally? Oh, wow. I mean, I'd probably have to say it would be Touch Me All, Break Your Face, the very first project I had the chance to work on. I mean, Mick Gordon single-handedly like is responsible for my career in video games. Um, it was my first project ever. Really pushed me out of my comfort zone, because not only was I singing, I was also rapping, <laughs> which I'd never done before. And we won a gang award for it. And so, I mean, it's like, I don't know, there's something really, really special about that first project that kind of jump-started it all. Yeah, I, I'd have to say Touch Me and I'll Break Your Face was probably the highlight, which <laughs> maybe that's depressing looking back on it. It's like, my very first one was like the highlight of my career. But no, it's it just, it's so important to me. I, I guess that's the better way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, absolutely. I mean, it's... That that just has to be one of the coolest situations possible. Yeah. Just for, like a career, just yeah. It, it, for my view, that's that's what it sounds and, like. And to since me. then, you know, you've you've done so many other insanely cool <laughs> projects, and the community is so grateful for you guys. Um, I, I promise this time we'll <laughs> let you go. But where can our uh, or where can our listeners find you and support you across social media? Oh, um, all right. So I'm on Twitter, but I, again, I'm a very private person. And for my own mental health, I don't really, I'm not super active on social media, but you can follow me uh, at Allie underscore Edwards with a Z. <laughs> and Allie is spelled A-L-I, by the way, short for Alicia. That's why. But yeah, that's how you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Casey's YouTube channel. We do we do stuff over there sometimes. Um, also, Casey on Twitch. Sometimes we'll do some live streams for fun, although it's usually just chatting and uh, playing video games. It's it's not usually uh, music related. It's more for just kind of chilling. And then I think uh, YouTube tend to be tends to be more music focused. So yeah, wh whatever you're you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ali, again, thank you so much. Um, it has been such an honor for us to get you on the show finally and just like listen Aww. to all of your your awesome <laughs> stories. Um, that is all from us. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I can't wait to see what we can expect from you next. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. I'm glad we finally got to do this. <laughs> yes, <Absolutely>. me too. <laughs> all right, take care. All right, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, it's William. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Ali was such an incredible guest, and I still feel like we had so much left to talk about. If you enjoyed the episode as much as I did, please let us know on our Twitter page, at the SRank Podcast. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Triple S Studios, where Aaron posts a sneak preview of the episode to come the day before it airs, so that's on Thursdays bi-weekly. I'd also like to add a little happy birthday to my amazing co-host Aaron, I hope it's filled with lots of pancakes, and congrats on the VA roll. I wish you all a great day, and see you in two weeks.